So, our topic this morning is how to confront the taskmasters in our lives. So, the sermon is about how to identify the taskmasters. And we're going to use some scriptures out of the book of Exodus, whereby we will also see how the nation of Israel was handled as slaves and was harshly treated by the Egyptians. And to set the scene for us uh, from Genesis linking over to Exodus, it was the small family of Jacob and his sons that moved to Egypt while Joseph was the prime minister in Egypt and there was famine in the land. But Egypt had enough food. So this small family of about 70 people, over the following 430 years, grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. So they were prosperous and and the Egyptians saw it. And Joseph was dead and there was a new pharaoh. And they, they were starting to oppress the Hebrews or Israelites. And, and they referred in Exodus to the word taskmasters. And when I first read the word taskmasters, it ignited something in my life because... I think all of us can identify that, that in our, our world or realm of influence, there is a person that we perceive as a taskmaster. So if you look at a definition of a taskmaster, and we first go and look in the dictionary. So in the dictionary it says that a taskmaster is one that imposes a task or burden others with labor. And in the New Living Translation, it is stated a bit more clearly for me. The words that are used for taskmasters are harsh slave drivers. So, to understand this, and I want to read us a quick scripture out of Exodus 5, verse 7, uh, to eight. Whereby the pharaohs now instructed <clears throat> the taskmasters over the Israelites. You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they have made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let us let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it. 
and let them not regard false words. Out of this scripture, we can see that the pharaohs and the taskmasters required more work and more output from, from the Israelites uh, with less resources. They need now to go and gather the straws and work harder than before to produce the bricks. And doesn't that sound familiar in our places of work? We need to do more with less and it's discouraging us. And it is breaking our spirits. But today, I want to tell you that, that God is with us. And what we are experiencing is something that will pass. And God will dealt with our taskmasters and pharaohs in our lives. To bring you to what is the impact of a taskmaster in a person's life? It is there to crush your hope and your godly divine purpose. And and the the pharaohs and the taskmasters are aligned directly in contrast with our godly design. God designed us to be and to have a purpose in His kingdom. So subsequently, the pharaohs and the taskmasters in our lives brings our focus back to Egypt and the worldly system where you need to operate, we are operating in fear because they are set targets for you. Those of, uh, of us here that are in sales, they are setting targets for you. In the moment you achieve that target, they are raising the bar. So it seems like you are not getting there um, as you thought you were. And then we all start living in fear and under pressure. And then we become, we become hopeless for what we are experiencing. And this, are driving, this is a driving force of Satan through the, through the taskmasters in our lives to discourage us to a point that we reach out for the wrong affections, the counterfeit affections in the life, to fill this void of hope that we have lost. Instead, we need to look at Jesus and and ask Jesus to fill that void for us. And before I'm going to give you some principles, I first want to refer to two biblical figures that God used in His divine plans. So the first one is Joseph, son of Jacob, and I did the sermon on the life of Joseph. But just to summarize it for you, in Psalm 105, verse 17 to 19, God sent a man before them, Joseph, 
God said. And if we're going to read the story, the, the, in Genesis, we read that Joseph was sold by his brothers and he became a slave um, in Egypt and then worked in, in, in Pharaoh's house. But actually, the divine plan was God needed to get Joseph into Egypt. So, <clears throat> who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters. Now, fetters is chains that is around your ankle. And they bruised his feet, if you read other translations. Joseph was laid in irons. Now, irons that is referring here to, it's a neck brace, an iron neck brace that was put around his neck. You can imagine what, what he went through. And he, and he must have felt hopeless. Until the time this word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. So we will have a, our season in the desert where God will refine us and refine our char characters for His purpose. But we are never alone, and we must know that. So, God raised up Joseph on the appointed time, and He restored him, and He put him in a place of great authority. And so that God's nation can be established and expanded. The second person I would like to discuss is Moses. So Moses was born in a time where, where the government of Egypt decided that all male-born Hebrew sons will be killed. And, and God had this, this divine purpose from the day Moses was born. That, that, that his mother placed him in a, in, a, in, a, in a type of basket. And as we know, Pharaoh's daughter found him and he grew up in Pharaoh's household with all the privileges, though he was a Hebrew boy. But at the age of 40, Moses saw the unrighteousness of the Egyptians towards his fellow Israelites and Hebrews, and he killed an Egyptian. And, and he hide the body, he buried it in the sand somewhere in the desert. And what followed was, he thought nobody saw him, but somebody saw him. And he fled for his life to the land of Midian. And there Moses stayed for another 40 years. He got married, he had sons. And one day, God appeared to Moses. And uh, I want to read for us from Exodus 4, verse 19. 
Now the Lord said to Moses in Median, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his son and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. Moses took the rod of God in his hand. The rod of God is the comfort that God gave him to encourage him to go to Pharaoh. It's also the gift that he received to do miracles in front of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh can know that the Lord God of Israel sent him. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I've put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. I want to read verse 22 again. Then you shall say to Pharaoh and the taskmasters, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, and daughter, my firstborn. And with Jesus that died for us 2,000 years ago, we can put our names here. We are the sons and daughters of God. We are His firstborn. The privilege of a firstborn is the inheritance of your father. And people, this is what God is telling today to our pharaohs and taskmasters in our life. So, in your workplace, all of us has a lot of challenges. And it seems like the stronger you walk with God is, the greater the challenges you, ex- you experience. But I, this morning I want to say to you, have peace. God is in control. God will fight a fight for you. All that God wants is relationship with you. And there is no relationship without communication. We've got the word of God. We need, as I said in the beginning of this sermon, we need to fill our human spirit with the word of God. Because this is 
This is where God starts speaking to us. And then the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. And then we will start hearing God's voice in our spirit. And people, this is where we're going to get our strength and courage to run this race here on earth. We need to get a revelation of God's love for us. His unconditional love for us. We need to know our identity that we've got in Christ. Because if we know that we are not here on our own strength, but by God who sent us with a purpose, and just trust God and He will deliver us. He will refine us to get us to our divine destiny. But we must keep hope, even even if it's going very bad. God sent His only Son to die on a cross for us. And all that God is asking from us is to have an intimate relationship with Him and trust Him. So, to come back to Moses, God wanted Moses to get out of Egypt. That is why he moved to the land of Medians. But also, he stayed there 40 years. God wanted Egypt to get out of Moses so that God can use him. Now the the principles, the, the notes that we can take with us each day. Principle number one, and as I said, we need to know our identity in God. We need to understand God's character, God's loyalty, His love for His children. And as I said, we can put our names here where Israel is written. Even if you do not have an earthly mother or father, you've got a father in heaven that is loving you more than you understand, that is caring for you more than anyone else can care for you, that loved you first, And you are his firstborn. You've got the inheritance. We've got the inheritance that one day we will be in heaven with Jesus. But amidst in our daily strife, struggle and trouble and pain that we experience, God is in the arena of conflict. He's fighting the taskmasters and pharaohs for us. Amen. Amen. And he's telling them, you are my son and my daughter. They are my firstborn, my son and daughter of promise. People, the, the love of God is a revelation we need 
to pray for, to really understand it. And, and I think that's including myself, to, to understand the real love of God is, is something that we need a revelation of. The second principle that, that we need to look at is we need to know God's purpose in our lives. So the first thing many will ask, but how do I know that what is my purpose in God's um, kingdom? And I want to take you to a scripture in Matthew uh, 22. Matthew 22, uh, verse 37. And I will read from you from verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. People, our main purpose is to receive the love of God and to give it to the next person. How can God direct us into our divine, godly destiny on earth if we can't receive God's love and give it to the person next to us. Let's talk about love that we are referring to. This love that we are referring to is agape love. Unconditional love. That is what God is offering us. All that we need to do is accept it. Agape love is about giving from yourself, your time, sacrifice, resources to someone without expecting anything in return. It is so important that the aspect of salvation is not to be saved from our sins only but also to receive God's love and show it to the next broken, addicted, hopeless person. The third principle that we need to understand is God's divine intervention in our lives. And I can take you back to the story of Joseph and of Moses. God had a divine plan, although at one point it seems 
that, that there is no plan, that there is only failure, there is no success, there is no hope. But yet, in those circumstances, God will use your biggest failure and He will turn it around in something that the world will stand in awe of. And I want to conclude of this message. As we endeavor with our walk with God to reach our divine purpose and destiny through receiving God's unconditional love and showing it to the next person, and I want to emphasize, God is in the arena of conflict, fighting our fights against the taskmasters and pharaohs in our lives. We just need to remember the unconditional love of God, our identity in God, and that God has a divine plan for each and every one of us. Amen. And uh, this morning, while the, I'm asking just the worship team to come and help me, and I listen to the worship, and people, this morning I just asked them, what is their last song, so that I know more or less my time that I can, can come up and start uh, the sermon. But the songs that have been chosen this morning, it shows the faithfulness of God. And as we're going to uh, have our offering and, uh, and communion, I'm going to ask the worship team to, 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 to sing us the song, uh, We Are Not, sla um, not Slave. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>